listening to First Church Charlotte. I love the laughter in the house of God. It's fun. So I'm going to give you something. There's a story of an elderly lady that came in the back of the church. She was looking around for a seat, and the usher asked her, says, ma'am, can I help you? And, um, she goes, I'm looking for a place to seat. And he goes, where would you like? She goes, I want on the front row. And he goes, well, ma'am, you really don't want that because our pastor is very boring. He's very dry. He's just, yeah, you don't want to sit up there like that. And she looked at him. She goes, sir, do you know who I am? And he goes, well, no, ma'am, I don't. She goes, I'm the pastor's mama. So the pastor kind of, I mean, the usher looked down and shook his head. And he goes, ma'am, do you know who I am? And she goes, well, no, I don't. And he goes, praise God. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> God is good to us. Amen. And it's, I mean, we have up and downs in our lives, but God is good to us. And we really, you know, when things get bad, we just need to think of good things, real good things. And, um, and I, I appreciate the opportunity to speak tonight. Um, uh, sorry it's under this condition, but uh, I like it. <clears throat> and um, I hope the word of the Lord that I have tonight will come to you. It came to me about two months ago. It's, it moved on me, and I liked it. So I thought, well, if I like it, you're going to like it. Maybe. Amen. Amen. But I appreciate the pastor having trust in me. Let's do lift the family up. A lot of them are coming in. Tonight and uh, mostly tomorrow, let's pray for the ladies that are preparing the food. Sister Michelle um, is getting everything ready. So if you want to help, um, get up with her um, and help her out because it's got a lot to do for the next three days. And yeah, if you didn't know Sister Honeycutt and that little hanky, my, 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 you missed a good saint of God. But she's, she's where she has worshiped and lived. Amen. I've got a reading to do, and I'm going to let you just sit down tonight since I'm running late, <clears throat> Brother Dixon. And um, we will uh, we'll get through this real fast. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 18. This is a well-known story. Uh, it's nothing really new or nothing really great, but it is the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. Amen. God's good. It's 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 41 and 45. It says, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. I realize he said this before he prayed it. I mean, went, went up to the mountaintop. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of, the, of Carmel. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go up now. Look toward the sea, and if he went up and looked, he said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, for the rains, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heavens were black with the clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Amen. God, we give you thanks and praise for your word. It gives us guidance. It gives us leading. It lights our path. It encourages our hearts. It stirs our minds, God. But most of all, it draws us closer to you, and that's what we want more than anything. I pray for each and every one here tonight that this word will draw each and every one of us close to you. Father, we give you praise and thanksgiving for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, things, everybody gets discouraged. 
You know, it just, it seems like everybody is down and everybody has negativeness and everybody is pointing down. And, and I was, as I was thinking of this thing, it, it really what stirred me was, um, I was riding down the highway and they had some guy on the radio and he was talking bad about Christians. And I got a little mad and upset about it, you know. I thought, you know, I'll get on the phone and call in and tell him about Christians. And he was just telling about bad things about Christians. Just, no, they don't want to vote. They don't want to do this. And I'm like, you know, I just got tired of it. And so when I came home and I did my little Bible reading and study, and the Lord opened this up to me, and I'm going to title this title, because um, I like fun titles, and it says, Victory Through the Nose. And this is not the nose on your face, but it is the, the word no, N-O. There is victory through the nose. People every day tell you, no, you can't do this. No, you can't go there. No, you don't. This and this and this and this. No, you can't get that promotion. No, you can't do this. But I'm going to tell you something. God's promises are yay and amen. If you have a promise, if God has given you a promise, if it had been 10 years ago, 20 years ago, last week, a year ago, whatever, you need to waken that promise back up and present it back to God and say, look, God, you gave me this promise. Don't give up on it. You guy cannot give up on it. We see that Elijah's prophet, I mean, his uh, helper went up to the mountaintop. And what if he just only gone on the sixth time and came down and says, there's no cloud. Okay, well, let's pack it up and go down. There'd been no rain. And then I read on, and I mean, if you really look into the Bible and look into the scriptures like I did, there's a lot of stories, and we're going to cover some of them tonight, to encourage you and to encourage me to realize something. Just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Amen. Second Kings, you know the story as well as Naaman. Naaman had leprosy. And he went to the prophet, and the prophet goes, eh, just go wash in the, in the river seven times. Dump down seven times. I mean, he was offended. And you know, his, his servant goes, wait a minute. He's just asking you to dip in the water seven times. Well, what if he'd gone down there and only did it six times? He goes, okay, that's enough. He wouldn't have got his healing. It only takes that one extra time. How many of us have got to the point where God has promised us something and maybe we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. So God, you promised me this. You promised me my loved one will come to God. And you kept praying and kept praying. Well, finally you got tired of praying. But in reality, the next day, God was going to bring them to, to, the, to, to the salvation. But we stopped short of receiving that blessing of God. And um, so as I began to look into this, I wept a lot. Because I realized I did that in my life. God gave me promises a long time ago that I've, just, I've dropped by the wayside. I picked them back up. I had a promise um, given to me at the first of the year, and I shared it with uh, Bishop and Sister Elms and some other people. God gave me a promise. I was in prayer, and, and I, I take my phone. I don't know. Y'all do it your way. I do it my way. I put it on music, real soft music. I go in my closet, and I, while I'm praying, I got the music playing. And the phone was laying there, and I was in a bad situation. I was, man, I was just really, really down. I needed encouragement or something. And that's the way my phone looked, right there. Dead as a door now. It has music playing. I mean, you know. And so as I was praying, and the lights were out, all of a sudden, this bright light lit up. And it was my phone. I'm like, what? I looked over at, the, at it, and a scripture was on the screen. I didn't turn it on. That wasn't my Bible reading section. But the scripture was Jeremiah chapter 11. And I read it. And, I'm, you know, and all of a sudden, it just hit me. And it was a promise given to me to God by God. And every day, 
that I go to prayer, I take my, my promise and I tell God, now God, <laughs> you promised me this. I mean, this was pretty bold. This was pretty obvious. You promised me this promise. And um, it was kind of funny because the day that that happened to me, I went on to work and did my thing, you know, and came on home and mowed grass or whatever. We came to church on Wednesday night and Sister Elms, uh, Bishop Sister Elms, came in the door and she came around. She goes, Brother, can I talk to you a minute? I went, oh, no, what did I do wrong this time? Because you got to realize something. Me and Sister Lois, when we were doing the youth, we, we bought the, the carpet in the pastor's office. I can tell you that right now. So I'm kind of used to her going, come here, I need to talk to you. Well, she brought me over to the side, and she goes, this morning in prayer, the Lord gave me something to tell you. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, have you read Jeremiah chapter 11? And I went, yeah. She goes, God gave you a promise. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, God gives us promises. I know. I don't remember if Deanna remembers this. Deanna and I went into Hobby Lobby, and we're standing in line in Hobby Lobby, and I look up. And they got these little things up there above, you know, and these little picture things. And up in the picture, there was a big old picture. And it was Jeremiah chapter 11. And it was like God was telling me, I know where you are. I know where you are. So I'm not going to let go of that promise. He promised it to me. And I'm going to hang on to it. And so when I was putting this together, I thought, well, Lord, why am I, I mean, why am I putting this together? And this is what he told me. There are some of us out here that he has promised you promises. Now, I'm not a prophet, but I'm telling you, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. God has given you a promise and you have dropped it by the wayside. It is time to pick up that promise and remind God, remember this promise, God. Remember this promise. I've been praying, and this is a bad thing, but I, it is, I've been praying that God reach out to my family, my brothers and my sister. I said, God, you got to reach them. They don't, you know, they, they're just not feeling this thing. My brother, my youngest brother had a heart attack Monday, okay? And I called him yesterday and talked to him, and he's scared. And I'm like, God, this is an opportunity. So he's getting stents put in Friday, and I'm on, uh, well, I won't now, because I was going to meet with him Saturday, but he's coming to Charlotte to stay with my sister, take care of him. But I'm telling you, if you keep that promise and present it before God, and God gives you the promise, he's going to give it and come through with it. Through the scriptures, we can see it over and over again. I read in a book in, in uh, Think and Grow Rich, uh, there's a story of a prospector that went out west to to prospect. And he found a claim and he began to work the claim. And he got little pieces of nuggets. I mean, he found just little pieces and he dug for months and months. He was digging and digging, finding little pieces of gold, little pieces of gold. Finally, he gave up. He said, that's it. I'm tired. I'm wore out. My body won't take it no more. So he sold it to another man. The other man, a couple days later, came back and he dug three feet and he found one of the largest mother loads of gold found in the West. That, why give up so fast? Why quit so early in, in your promises of God? God has given them to us, and we need to get a hold of it. We need to walk with it. Galatians 6 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, and we faint if we faint not. We're going to reap this. You're going to reap God's promises. You know, you can come up. I've heard you say it many times before. You know, God promised me this, and God's, God's going to give me this. Have you talked to God about it lately? I believe, I really, I truly believe that if we get a hold of the promises that God, that God gave us, 
and we're going to see some great things happen. I mean, we're going to see some people saved. We're going to see some healing that we've never seen before. We're going to see some things happen around here like Pentecostal needs to happen. Amen. There's some of y'all that come in sometimes and they say, you know, Brother Ed, I just don't, it, it, I just don't want to come to church no more. It's not like it used to be. And I'm like, what? Yeah, it just, you know, it's not like it used to be. I want it to be. And I'm like, I know, I understand what you're saying, but, you know, <laughs> where, where are you at? Can I just get on rubber meets the road? Where are you at shouting? Where are you at giving God praise? Where are you at running the aisles? Well, Brother Ed is supposed to be Brother Nathan. No. The, 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 the job of the pastor is to deliver the word of God. I preached this before. It's not his to wait on the tables. It's us. We're the ones that prepare the atmosphere. We're the ones that set it forth. And God said he will pour out his spirit. Amen. 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 So I looked in. I thought, I'm not going to go to scripture. Let me look in the history books. So I went out like everybody else does. I Googled. I'm like, wow, all the people, and I'm only going to give you a couple. Let me hold my notes down so they don't blow away for Sister Helen. Thomas Edison. His teacher told him he was too stupid to learn anything. That he tried, he failed 1,000 times before he made the light bulb. I'm glad he didn't stop at 999. Because if you've ever been in the dark with no flashlight, <laughs> Thank you, Thomas Edison. <laughs> Henry Ford. Henry Ford was too illiterate. He did not know how to read or write almost all of his life. He failed 100 times in business before he finally became successful. And I'm glad he became successful because I sure hate riding a horse and buggy. I've been behind a horse and buggy and it don't smell too good. <laughs> but a car, that air condition, yeah. Now he's got a convertible, put the top down. You know what I'm saying? If these guys would have just stopped short of reaching that goal in their lives, where would we be today? Where would we be today? And I'm thankful. There was in Luke chapter 18, y'all know the stories, and I'm not putting anything different to you, of the unjust judge. The lady came to his courtroom and said, look, do this for me, please. And he, he was unjust. He didn't care. He didn't care one single bit. He said, get this lady out of here. She'd go away. Come back later. Please, and begging him, do this one thing for me. Over and over and over again. Now, I wonder if she had stopped. Okay, well, you know, it's not to be. She would not have got her answer from the judge. But because of her pressing on and pressing on, she received it. In 2 Kings chapter 20, Hezekiah the king. He was dying. He was sick. And the prophet came to him. He asked for the prophet. The prophet came to him. He was all excited. Okay, I'm going to get the word of God now. God's going to heal me. God's going to touch me. I know he is. And the prophet came to him and said, you're going to die, boy. Get your stuff ready. You're dying. And I mean, he's like crushed. Now, he could have received the word. That was from God, from the man of God. But he didn't. The Bible said he rolled over and began to weep and cry before the Lord. And the prophet had not even left the city yet that he turned back around and came back. And God gave him another promise. He said, because you did this, he said, I'm going to give you 15 more years. But what if he would just received it? He'd be dead. He would not have got the 15 years. 
And what I'm saying is I'm trying, and I know I'm driving the nail hard and the same thing over and over again is that the promises that God give us are true and amen. If he gave it to you, he's going to move on it. He wants to move on it. He wants to change things. He wants to bring people in. He wants to heal your body. He wants to to bless you in the way that you've asked him. Now, if you're going to ask him, you know, for a Cadillac and he's going to ask you, what's it going to be for? Well, I'll come to church every day. Okay. If that's up to you. Then you find the man at the pool of Salam. Salam, Salam, Salam. Whatever it is. He came year after year after year after year after year knowing that no man is going to help him. But he came anyway. He had his family bring him out there and put him down boom, and left him there. That was the babysitter for the day. They come back at night, pick him back up, take him home. Year after year. But what if that one day he stretched his legs out? I don't think I'm going to go today. I just don't feel like it. He wouldn't have got his healing. He would not have met the master, the creator of all heaven and earth. But he did, and he got his, his healing. And then you look again further into the scriptures, down the chambers of the alleys of scripture, and you find Paul and Silas coming to the temple. And there's a man that's been sitting there for years as well. Alms, alms, give me alms. What if that day he decided not to go? What if that day he says, you know, I'm tired of sitting there. Everybody's making fun of me. This is ridiculous. I'm just not going. He would not have got his healing where he'd worship God by up, jumping up, running, dancing, shouting. Amen. Now, I know people say, well, God says no, you know. And there's times God says no, and it's no. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, let me look into the scriptures again. I began to look into scriptures, and I came back to Hezekiah. And I saw that story of Hezekiah when it says, God says, I mean, he was sick. And the prophet said he's going to die. God says, no. But when your faith and my faith gets kind of stubborn, if you will, and says, you know what? No. Come back. God, you promised me this. No. Okay. God, you said no, but I believe in you. You know what? God sees that faith, and it joins together with his yes and amen, and it brings forth a, a, a victory. It brings forth that victory. Amen? There's an old story. It's kind of a weird story, but I'm going to say it anyway. Story of an old donkey. Donkey is, what's this? I can't, bad imitation, I know. My kids hate my imitations. I'm trying to, what is it, Shrek donkey? <laughs> Breeze over there going. <laughs> this old donkey fell into a well. And the, and the owner comes running over there and looks down the well and realizes he, you know, the, he couldn't get it out by himself, so he went and got his neighbors. And he came over and they tried and they tried and they tried to get the donkey out of the well. And they couldn't do it. So finally the owner said, you know what? It's an old donkey. He's, just, he's wasted in time. I was going to kill him anyway. So why don't we just throw dirt in there and bury him? So all of them begin to shovel dirt down into the well on top of the donkey, and he just shake it off, and they keep throwing dirt down in there. Well, eventually, the dirt kept filling up and filling up until it got to the point where the donkey was able to jump out 
and go out into the field. What are you saying, Brother Ed? Don't give up so easy. Don't quit on God so easy. Just because church ain't what you think, ain't. Just because church isn't what you think it is, or you don't feel like, you know, and please understand me, I love y'all. So if I say this, say it, I'm saying it in love, okay? I've had hard days in my life, but I always came to church. You can ask my kids, it didn't matter. Even when they were in school, we'd pack up their bags and everything, and they'd come, we'd all come to church. They did homework. They had the balcony then. They did homework upstairs. Church, you don't know what might happen at church. The Holy Ghost might fall in like crazy. And you're like, man, I wish I'd have gone to church. And I'm not saying it bad. I'm not saying it. I mean, other situations happen in life, but I'm just saying this. Don't let it, don't give up so easy on the things of God. This is not a, a club. It's not a, uh, you know, a social gathering. It is a social gathering, but it's not. A, we are coming here to draw closer to the King of Kings, to feel him, to draw to him as he would to us. You know, I, I, I did this just a couple months ago. I, I went to God. And I don't remember what pastor, if the pastor preached it or somebody else preached it. Tell him I'm busy. I'll be with him in just a minute. Um, but he, he, does God know who you are? And I went to prayer and I said, God, do you know me? I mean, I know you know me because you created me. But God, do you know me? hope he knows me. I really hope he knows. It's not that we know him, the scripture says, but when we stand before him that day, he's going to say, I don't know. You, you know this, the, this, the story where the 70 came to him real fast. And they said, hey, we baptized in your name. We healed in your name. We did this in your name. We all did this. We did it all in your name. And Jesus looked at him and says, I don't know you. Get out of here. That, that's powerful. Because if we stand before him on judgment day and say, hey, I don't know you. What a tragedy. We got to draw to him. And that's what coming to church helps us do. Like Brother Dixon was saying early, if our brothers join together, we strengthen one another. I get strength when I come to church. I get happy. I mean, I might be down all day long. I'm hanging out with the people that I don't want to hang out with, work with the people I don't want to work with. Sorry, Larry. And, um, <laughs> but when I come to church, it's like energy. It's like, you know, I just, it's, it's fantastic, you know. Amen. Second Chronicle says, Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Your faith, your faith. You know, David and Goliath, David, they came, David came, came and they said, You're too young. Get out of here. You know, go back to the hills, take care of the sheep. But he didn't do it. What if he said, okay, never mind, and went back to the hillside? Goliath would have wiped out the Philistines. We've got to get the understanding not to give up. That our, our nose in life could be God testing us. How far will you go? Well, brother, I, I applied for this job, but it just... Now, I, I'm going to say this, and y'all just kind of reap the... Adam applied for a job. 
He got frustrated. I hadn't heard anything. I said, well, call him or do something. I hadn't heard anything. Two months, was it two months, three months? Yeah, he hadn't heard anything, but he kept pressing on. He kept calling, he kept emailing or texting, whatever they do nowadays. And I send them smoke signals, whatever. <laughs> Next thing you know, he got the job. He pressed on. Brianna, phenomenal, was knocked down, discouraged. I mean, the girl, you could slide her under a rug. She was knocked down so low. But she didn't give up. She kept pressing. She kept reaching out. She kept doing the things she's doing. You know, and then finally, the light lit up. She got a good job. And then there's Deanna. Now they said, there's nothing on Deanna. Let me think. <laughs> now, I'm going to say this. I'll say this. She, she failed her first section of nursing school. And I thought, <laughs> wait a minute. I thought I was going to come home to crying and moaning and groaning, but she was kind of okay with it. She had leaned it. She'd given it to the Lord. And I mean, she didn't have a bad spirit. So now she goes, well, I don't know if I'm going to get into the next semester. I said, well, baby, keep trying. Apply. Keep going. And what happened? She got accepted. So she's going back around again. She better not fail this time. <laughs> oh, I got to end. I'm rambling here. I'm rambling. I'm rambling. I'm rambling. But if we go to, if we look at our scriptures in Elijah, look back at the scriptures in Elijah, you know, he was anointed of God. He had the power of God. He slayed 450 prophets. This guy, you know, called down rain, I mean, uh, rain fire out of heaven. This guy, I mean, he, he prayed for rain and rain came down to a flood. And then, and then next thing you know, he goes up on the mountaintop, prays for it, and he says, hey, rain's coming, and he gets running down to the city, and, and then on old Jezebel, she comes up, she says, I'm going to kill him. And the man ran and hid. Now, I know there's a story about that, about men ought to run away from anger women, but, <clears throat> but a single one, oh, that reminds me of a joke. Can I tell a joke? <laughs> I love you guys. And I'm just saying this. You got to believe. You got to let that, that no in you connect with the yes in God. And let God's power and let his, his, his greatness shine forth in you. I mean, if we could take the world's negative all day long, and it's going to press us down and press us down and press us down until finally it breaks us. We just don't have faith anymore. We don't care anymore. We don't want to go do anything anymore. We don't want to walk that way anymore. We don't do nothing anymore. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. God has always says that. I mean, I remember when I got into the church, me and a bunch of guys, I think I told you all this one time before, me and a bunch of guys used to get over here in, in a circle and we'd rapture practice. We, no, we did. We raptured practice. You know, you think that's crazy. That was about 40, 42 years ago. We heard the rapture was going to take place. You know, we were like, yeah! Y'all like, y'all don't know what rapture practice is? Y'all want to know what rapture practice is? You got to get rapture. What happens in the rapture? You're taken up. You got to practice. <laughs> One day it might go. It'd be a surprise, right? Don't let things get you down. Hang on to the promises of God. 
hang on. If you know of a brother and a sister that are down and, and having a hard time, pray for them. Encourage them in the Lord. Amen? Let them know of the promises of God. God promises this. God, he tells you this. He tells us these things. And in that, he'll strengthen us and love us. In that, we will draw close to him. And it won't be just, there's God and here we are. It'll be like, me and God. Yeah, buddy. Me and the Lord. Check it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's my friend over there, God. Yeah. He wants to be that way. He wants to be that close to us. He wants it. And even with Elijah, and I'll try to finish with this. Like, brother, give me five moments. Even Elijah, when he was hiding underneath the tree, the Lord sent him an angel and gave him some food. But you know what? That wasn't the only time. The Lord turned right around and sent the angel again the next day. So God's not, he's not slack in his promises. He's not slack in his love. He wants the best for us. I mean, we got a great church. We got an awesome pastor. We got, I mean, you, you people are the best. You're the greatest in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, except for you, Brother Scott. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. Y'all are the best people. Why don't you want a fellowship? Why don't you want to grow with each other? Don't, you know, don't let the world, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? You know, I want to say my joke, though, Brother Dixon. Brother Dixon says, no, no, no. No, I ain't said. Let's all stand. You want to hear my joke? <laughs> Cut the video off. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna close with this joke. <laughs> supposed to you're supposed to close with prayer and maybe altar call and Holy Ghost move. I'm gonna close with a joke. Because I want you, I want you to go home happy. I want you to go home encouraged. And I want you to go home and, and think about the promises God has given you. And take them before the Lord. And say, God, remember in such and such, you, you promised me this. It hasn't happened yet, God. I'm believing you're going to let it happen. Amen. But Adam stood before God. And God said this to Adam. He said, I'm going to give you a woman. She's going to iron your clothes. She's going to wash your dishes. She's going to take care of your laundry. She's going to take care of all your needs. You won't have to clean up or do anything at all. And Adam goes, whew, what's that going to cost me? And God says, it'll cost you an arm and a leg. Adam goes, what can I give her a rib? <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. And this is the last time I'll be preaching, I can tell. <laughs> God bless y'all. Greet one another. And y'all have a blessed week. Don't forget about the Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come join us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road at the corner of Shamrock Drive. Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m and Bible Study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Online, find us at firstchurchclt.com.
or like us on Facebook or Twitter. We hope to see you soon. Come worship with us.